0: voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 193. Now naturally since the pandemic started, I've been limited in the scope of people that I'm able to record with in an in-person setting. But what that's done is it's exposed me to all sorts of really cool people right here in my community. And so now when I walk around or I get food or even today getting coffee, I had coffee at this great Turkish coffee spot today, my eyes are open and I'm looking, hmm, who are some interesting people that I can talk to and can have on the podcast? Now, in kind of in between where I live in Williamsburg and in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, there's McCarran Park. McCarran Park split into two, two sections, kind of like there's the ball fields and then there's the track area. But it's also sort of a community hub, especially since COVID happened. Like it's a place that you can go and be outside and get fresh air and still distance. But there's also sport leagues that go on there. Uh, NYC Social does sports. And it's a place where there were a lot of protests and candlelight vigils and stuff like that all throughout the summer. And so for the two-ish years that I've lived here, I've seen a bus parked right next to the to the ball fields at McCarran. It's a cheese bus, it's a school bus, but it's painted all sorts of hues of of purples and blues, and there's art all over it, and there's a, a big red heart on the front. And this is the art heart bus. Now enter Moira, who owns the bus. I had wanted to reach out to whoever owns this. I'm like, wow, this is really cool and funky, and it looks like there's some cool stuff associated with this bus. So I was going to throw like a letter or something like that up through one of the windows and I went past it once and saw all the windows were shut. So I was like, ah, I wonder how I can find this person. And I don't know, I, th- I was scrolling through the, the Green Pointers Instagram one day and I found it. And I reached out to Moira and she was like, sure. And so what I found in the research part of this before meeting with her is that she, she bought this bus and she does art classes for kids. She had there. She's connected with a, a local guy here who does uh, tie-dye shirts. She's had musicians play on it. Game nights, like artist meetups and stuff like that. Really, really cool concept. It's cool seeing this this bus that looks like it it went through a time warp, <laughs> straight out of the hippie era, and landed here in 2020 right next to the park. And so I was fortunate enough today to get to record on the bus. And it's really cool. Uh, wood paddling on the floors. It's, there's her art all over the place. There's messages from people who have been on the bus on like post-its up along the windows. Really, really cool. And I, I wish that the, that the pandemic would just freaking end already because I think that she can, she can really do some cool things with the bus in the future. So we got to chat about all that, like how she, she came to obtain the bus and what she does with it, what she'd like to do with it. This is a cool one. I've, I've done a couple of episodes with like van lifers. I did the one with Alex really early on, a girl in her van. And then I did the Orange's Optimism Optimism uh, bus van, right? But this was the first time ever recording with someone who owns like a, a, a proper school bus and actually recording on it. So really fortunate that I got to do this. So thank you, Moira. Check this one out. Check the show notes for the link to her Instagram account and to my Patreon account as well. All right, folks, enjoy this conversation with Moira.
1: So you're from Floral Park originally. Yeah. And you live there... I lived there my whole life, and then I went to college at Pratt in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. So art was my major, and I kind of I was an athlete, but I gave up sports to go the art route. Um, and then I actually had my first child after my sophomore year, and I ended up coming home to Adelphi and finishing my degree there, and raising my child with my parents in my home in Flora Park. Where did you uh, start your path uh, like your artistic path early in life? Yeah, it was like pretty much when I was in fourth grade, I started drawing like Pink Floyd album covers. Oh, sweet. And you know, just being like really entranced by visual things like sitting in the car and looking out the window or just noticing how like colors vibrate or just, I don't know, just felt like I was more of an observer mm. and would look around a lot and notice things and and then once I started like, High school, basically, I had a teacher who actually donated these stools right here in the bus to oh, me. Oh, sweet. Um, she was amazing. And she was like, you know, you, you really have something and you don't just make art, but like you have something else coming out in your art. And she's like, I really hope you pursue it. Mm. So I started doing like outside courses with some friends in high school and after school courses and, you know, just started going the art route and like learned it pretty quick. You know, oil painting, figure drawing, like all the basic like foundational things and then yeah, art school was like, why wouldn't I want to spend my time in college making art? Yeah, so it was great. And I, I'm terrible with terms, but we would call this like fine art, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. I'm a fine artist more. Yeah, not, not a right. digital graphic like computers and I kind of explode when we <laughs> cross paths. But
0: I'm always jealous of people because I it's like I want to do that, and I can visualize things in my head, but when I put my hand to Whatever the canvas is, it doesn't translate what I see in my head. So I'm always just like, how do people do that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a skill you can learn, but for some it comes more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, I do believe all people can learn it. Really? Yeah, I do. I think that art is a technique and it's a tool and there's like routes to knowing how to. So you need to know the how to, but like, can you channel a spirit out of everyone being able to willingly, like, express themselves, no, not everyone's going to, like, mm. want to do that through art. They have their own medium. Maybe they're a musician or maybe they write or maybe they, you know, um, converse with people or travel or different things that, like, you know, center that spirit. Mm. So, I mean, you mentioned that art
0: teacher and, and you mentioned Pink Floyd. I think, like, the artists that I like, right, so if we're talking about musicians or people doing fine art or uh, – authors, they all have like uh, a touch of the people that they looked up to as heroes. Who were sort of like the the guides on on your path through life in terms of uh, art and creativity?
1: Yeah, I think definitely Van Gogh is one of the first people that comes to my mind because Van Gogh's art was so um, filled with motion Mm. and movement. And I really liked a lot of his brushstrokes and styles, and I love nature, so I kind of gravitated to Van Gogh early. I like Frida Kahlo. I like a strong, cool. independent female woman, um, whether or not she was independent. Like you know, you could see her struggle, feel her pain, and you know, through there, I did like you know, I learned a lot of the, a lot of the m- you know major famous fine artists through art study and art history and stuff. But now I'm way more into like street artists and local artists. Like I like this artist Chris Dyer. Hmm. And um, he's a graffiti artist, and there's this awesome place upstate that I love to go to. It's called Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. Okay, I have that. In, I didn't that's even cool. open my notes, but I have that in my notes. Yeah, talk about it. Cool. So yeah, Alex Gray um, did all the artwork for the band Tool, and I didn't really know that he had this place upstate. And then a few years back, I guess I'm 36 now, but I was around 30, and I heard this guy tell me, "Oh, I went upstate to Alex Gray's house," and I was like, "What? Like that's a thing?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's called Chapel of Sacred Mirrors." It sounded really weird at first, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, but then, you know, a year later I ended up journeying up there and went to like a full moon ceremony. They have full moon ceremonies every full moon Whoa. and it's this amazing, beautiful home upstate in wappington Falls and you drive in through like this little gate and there's people security kind of letting you in. You're like, what's going on? And you know, you park your car, there's no drinking. It is an, it is a drink-free environment. Of course there's, you know, other things that they, they are big psychedelic proponents. Big into psychedelics. Yeah. So you know that wasn't my journey up there. It wasn't like the reason or the cause it was more to like see like what is this and what is this artist community because it's something that I really want is like a community of artists. And so when you got up there, you're like, oh my god there's it was filled just filled with people who are artists and creatives, performances, music wow. they have um, they would do like a talk for the first hour and a half when you first get there and they end it with like blessings and you know um thoughts like people share like I have a blessing or a feeling and it's very positive and then it basically turns into a party wow. and people like separate and they go their own way there's like face paint and body paint and you can go outside inside they have a huge bonfire in the backyard so I was like this is just so special you and know you stay on the grounds at so night so you stay or? there until a certain time and they actually rent out their rooms on the top I have never stayed but like one day I will and uh, now they're closed because of whatever COVID and uh So I would go to the full moon ceremonies and then, you know, I became a member and I uh, went to a a workshop with Chris Dyer there. He does spray paint graffiti art and he kind of creates these um, characters out of his mind. And he would make these giant characters on these big giant pieces of wood in the forest. So you go out and you'd like find all of his little characters, like one's a turtle, one's like, um, you know, they look like little demigods or something. I don't know. Uh And uh, he taught us how to use spray paint and different techniques. So, you know, I've gone there for, like, really to, like, balance me, center me, feel that artistic energy. But they're amazing artists. Like, Alex Gray and Allison Gray are just...
0: Yeah, I've seen almost, like... uh, they do like humanoid fiction, like depictions of people, but I've seen one that is just like, it looks like uh, a person made out of just like nerve endings and like your your circulatory system or something like that, like yeah. wild stuff. He's very
1: strong with like the anatomical study yeah. as well as like energies because there's so much energy that we don't even think or discuss. And it's almost like some people have the ability to see that energy or feel that energy on a higher level. And he has not only that ability, but he can also show it through paint and color wow. and lines and everything. And it's like, yeah, it's very intense. Do you have to uh, like book that way in advance? No, those things, those events are really pretty easy to attend. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, and if you're a member, you get in free. So you'd pay like your membership for the year. And then anytime you want to go to a full moon ceremony, you, you just show up. That's amazing. And they're very welcoming and really, you know, there's a lot of like compassion and kindness when you go there and you just like leave there feeling good. Feeling, so that- I don't want to say better, but you know, I do.
0: I mean, it sounds that way, yeah. Yeah. So on your path to us sitting here right now, they were a major influence. I would
1: say yeah, because I didn't have the bus yet. Before I'd gone up there before I had this bus, and I started realizing, like, what is visionary art? Like, what is a vision? And I've had visions in my past where, like, you kind of picture yourself or see yourself in the future or, like, want to have this thing come true. And so, you know, shortly after I'd gone up there, I ended up meeting the person who inspired me to get the bus. So... She was a woman. Her she still, uh, she still has her bus. She lives upstate now. But she ha- is a mother of three. And she basically, her kids had gotten to, like, older teens and young 20s. And she decided to move out of her apartment and buy a schoolie. And she renovated her school bus to be her home. Uh-huh. So she lived in her bus. But her bus was, like, you know, it was, like, badass, all spray-painted. And, like, I'd come out of the park and was, like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is a school bus from heaven, you know? And... I asked her, her door was open. She was willing to talk to me. Her name is, um, well, she goes by Kat but uh, her name is Julie. And she ended up hooking up with this other guy named Hoppy Quick. No joke, this is this guy's name. And he lives upstate in the Catskills. And he like cuts with chainsaws, like bears out of pieces of wood. And he has a school bus too. And his school bus is like old school retro. And he's like built a second story on it, but it's stationary. So she's like the mobile bus and he's stationary and they have like this very artistic, beautiful life upstate now. But she used to live here before they had gotten together and I got to meet her and she was really my inspiration. And like when I saw her, I said, you know what? I've been an art teacher for this, my 11th year. And basically what happened was I got to this point where I was very frustrated, like everywhere I was, I'd have times where I was like, oh, this is great. They do care about art. But like I really genuinely value art. Art has given me things that like nothing else in life has given me. And I want to share that. I want to spread that. I want art to be part of a community. And I want it to be accessible. So I always kind of had dreams or visions. I would draw like, um, you know, like draw a storefront and be like, oh, Greenpoint Art Studio or the arts, you know, like have ideas for a place in Greenpoint for art. And then I saw the bus and I was like, you know what? Do it on a bus. Like, yeah, put it in a bus, like make the studio like an art studio space that people can come into. And, you know, I've been. I've experimented and played around with different things, like sometimes the table's in the middle, sometimes we've done things outside. Um, I've had birthday parties, I've had tie-dye events. I have a friend I collaborate with, I'll tell you more about him. But um, yeah, basically like once I saw her bus, I knew it. Immediately I was like, that's it. Like I'm making a bus and I bought a bus and I ended up taking a half year off of teaching and I did like a little bit of preschool work and really like focused on my bus. And then after a while I was like, (laughs) no, I'm not. I'm not quite a businesswoman, so yeah. I was like, I need to go back into teaching, and I have two kids as well. And it was like, let me get back in the classroom and do the bus. So I've kind of been like, you know, I have like ten things that I just like tap on all the time. That's cool. Yeah. Instead of just like fully, fully embracing what this bus like can be, but you know, it's still here and it is what it is, and it's had really great times, and it will have you know, good times in the future. But
0: I, I've obviously like I combed through your Instagram in, in preparation for this. And I saw your initial like brainstorming sketches of what you wanted it to be. Yeah. And then I saw some of like when you had game nights and stuff and it looked exactly like what I picked. I drew. Like, That's incredible. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you. Where, like, where does, where'd you get the bus? Um, I actually bought it on eBay. What? So I was like, we had a uh, snow night and I was working for Success Academy and I'm not going to say too much about them, but yeah. unfortunately <laughs> I was in a, when I first started with them, I did four years in bed and I had a a positive experience. Then I got offered an opportunity as a high school teacher in the DOE, and that lasted a year. And then I went to this other charter school, and that place was awful. So then I went back to success, and I did a year at Success Academy, and I just didn't find that that specific Success Academy was meeting what I believed was what children need. And so I was like, you know what, I need to pursue my bus and live my dream. And so I separated from them after that school year, but I was buying this bus on a snow day in the winter. And, I, you know, I was just kind of in that point, like I'm doing what I love, but like, I don't love it, you know, Mm -hmm. I need to like have my own place where I can do what I love and love it. And no one's going to take it from me or tell me what I have to do and can't do. Like, you know, obviously besides like, you know, tickets and following protocols with the bus, like you just need to, it's mine now, you know, like if someone wants to take this from me, they're going to have to really find reasons to take it from Mm -hmm. me. So... I just kind of like went on eBay and I started searching. Cause I, again, I had met this woman in the fall. So by winter I'd already had the brain churning. Like I had the idea. So I go on eBay, I start looking up buses and I knew I wanted it to be a flat nose because I didn't like the big nose in the front. It just like, I don't know. It's like clunky. I would think that'd be even more difficult to
0: drive to like the depth perception.
1: Yeah. I like being right up front. It definitely is. Uh, yeah. You feel like, Oh, I see the whole road. Um, so yeah, I went for flat nose and I found this bus in Maryland and I, you know, cause I, some of the buses were amazing, but they were like in Indiana or something. I'm like, I'm not going to Indiana. Like, so Maryland was four hours. I was like, I can handle this. So I put a bid on it. And then the next day I started getting like calls like, oh, you're getting the bus. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So once I actually bought the bus and like put down the money, I took got my first retirement savings account for my first charter school I was at for two years, like put that money into it and it paid for it. Wow. So like a few thousand, that's it. But then, I mean... You have to drive it here, right? Like, yeah, how so difficult was the first time? I didn't. I actually got a CDL licensed driver to bring it back. Okay. And this bus is actually um, by adjusting it, taking seats out. And this is things I learned, you know, because a lot of the laws have changed. Buses have become like RV, uh, basically like they've been allowed to be used as RVs. Yeah. What basically what is called is like a multi-purpose use vehicle or personal use vehicle. So the idea is I'm not allowed to drive more than six passengers. Okay. And so it's myself and I can have like five others, which I've never really done. I've only, I don't take this as like driving everybody around. This, right. is, this is really ideally meant to be like a studio space that you can come into and, and enjoy the space. Uh, so I had to remove seats and I had to get the weight lower and they were able to give it as a passenger plate. Oh, cool. So when, so they're like, well, you know, if the police say anything to you, it's, you know, it's a passenger plate of vehicle. It's, you have a passenger license. So they used to have this thing, like, you can get an additional class on your license. So I went to the DMV and I said, oh, I heard you can get, like, a class of M or whatever it was to add on to my license. And they said, we did away with that. They asked me, like, what's your vehicle? And I said, it's a school bus. You know, and they got the weight down. They did all these. They were like, don't worry about it. You're fine. Oh, cool. So it's like, it's funny. The woman who inspired me, she went upstate and she's actually, her and her guy um, went for their school bus licensing. So they actually could be, like, school bus drivers if they want to be.
0: Wow. So it
1: is something, you know, I would definitely look into in the future, but I have been driving this. I don't go too far, and, you know, I actually I really don't go anywhere at all. I just stick by McCarran mostly, but.
0: Yo, I was wondering, like, are, do you have to move this all the time for alternate side? Like, how so crazy. So alternate
1: side's gotten really, really lenient, but even before that, I just think that maybe the police in this area have been really kind. But the first year I got it, because I've had it over two years now. The first year I got it, I was moving it in the nighttime. So I would always park on the streets that were, like, you have to move it between 12 and 3. Yeah. So I would go to bed, wake back up at, like, 12 o'clock, hustle over, move it to one side of the street, go back home, go back to sleep, wake back up at, like, 2.30, and then move it back. And I would do that two (sighs) nights. Holy crap. Yeah, so the first year with it, it was, like, ugh. And then over time, it would be, like, you know what, just if you get a ticket, you get a ticket. You're not Just don't get too many tickets. Don't get a boot, like... So I got a few tickets over time, but honestly, I've gotten more tickets on my car Yeah, right. than I have on this bus because there's something about it. Like it's, you know, loving, there's a lot of love trying to be expressed through this bus. And I think, you know, it's a community item. So for the most part, like the police are kind and I've gotten very few tickets. Okay. Like under 10 in my whole time with it over two years. Wow. Yes.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, like it, it does seem like a community institution now. Like I was saying, it's always it's always here at the park. And like when we were here... For some of the, the visuals in the summer, like it looked like maybe your van was like part of that. Like if people were like hanging out by the, uh, the you're calling it a van. Uh, it's okay. People were hanging out by the bus and stuff like that, like as part of the protest, no?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, last weekend there was a big party for Biden winning uh-huh. uh, or for Trump losing, rather, in my opinion. So there was other buses. Again, there's more buses in like this whole community. There's this great bus called Abracadabra Trip. They would be great to talk to. They, Were they the people dancing? They play on top of the bus. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like my dream. I would love, like, that's what I want to do. But I, again, I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old. So, you know, me partying on top of the roof of my bus, I'm not quite there yet. Couple more years. Couple <laughs> more years, you know. The 40s are going to be party time for me. But, uh, you know, like, their bus is also just another, like, showing that like, I mean, they drive around with people on top of their bus. Yeah. You know, literally in the city. I saw those videos. They go into the city, they drive around with people on top of their bus. They are so good. Their music is, because I'm like a hippie at heart, so I love old school music and they play like a lot of good old rock like Janice or like the Beatles and They're based out of the city here? Yeah, I think they are in Bushwick. They're often parked like over by, a little bit more towards Bushwick, sometimes right over the Metropolitan Avenue Bridge. They'll be over there. Okay. But yeah, they were partying hard last week and you know, like, there's been times, I, oh, so I have this other guy, Starhawk, he's a tie-dye artist, and he sells his art, but he keeps his art here, it's like in the front, in those two seats. Yeah, over on the corner. Yeah, so oh, he goes to the corner, cool. he prefers the bus to be there, but the road got redone, and I moved here, and then once it was here, I have battery issues, and if I don't get ticketed, I just am like, forget it, let me leave it here. So, did, did you meet him because of the bus or you knew him? Well, he had a shop. No, he actually was another inspiration to me. He had a shop on Manhattan Avenue okay. with his brother and him and his brother unfortunately had a falling out and he decided to go his own way and leave the studio because he, him and his brother just, they weren't, they were no longer compatible. And that's fine, like, family can be stressful and, business, whatever. But, honestly, he's the original tie-dye artist, so it was really kind of, like, shocking because his brother wasn't. His brother just kind of came into this business. Um, But, anyway, he still has the shop, his brother on, Manhattan Ave, and Starhawk... Um, I saw him set up on Manhattan Avenue down the block, like on the corner. And I was like, Starhawk, what's going on? Because I used to go into their shop, like birthday presents, Christmas presents, everybody, like I would buy tie-dye, I would buy jewels, I would buy, um, you know, candles or singing bowls and all these different things there. Read books. I got the four agreements. Like so oh, many sweet. great things that I gained from Starhawk in that studio space. So um, anyway, so I asked him, like, come to the bus. Just let's work together. So, yeah, he tries to set up shop and... Um, you Know when he can sometimes he has a family as well, so if he can't make it, he can't make it, but um, it's because he's doing what he has to for his family. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's you know, right now, because of COVID, it's a little bit on rest, but it's still here, it's still going, and you know, maybe like a game night or two. It's just hard, it's hard to like organize things during yeah. this time. That's a uh, really hard,
0: it's a nostalgic corner for me. We're actually so I'm 34, we're 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 close. Um, and also having grown up on Long Island, like, you know, I was a bit east of where you were, but it was always, I don't know, maybe it's it's normal living in the suburbs, but it always feels like, oh, there's nothing to do as a teenager. And it's like, I got to get out of here. And the, the the getting out that people did was like going to school in the city and living in the city. And it was like, wow, that's, that's the goal. And when my first couple of friends, like, started getting apartments out here, uh, we used to go to Turkey's Nest. And back then, I don't... I guess now maybe like they started letting people like sort of public drink again, but you used to be able to buy like the $5 margaritas and go to the park and just like hang out and the the cops didn't care. And it was like a big, cool, fun hangout. Yeah. And now that I've, I've, I was in Bay Ridge for a while, but now that I've been in Williamsburg for a couple of years, like this, this park, like it's always packed on the weekends. There's so much going on here.
1: Yeah. McCarran is very special to me. I love McCarran Park. Um, so actually, a little history. I I live in the house that's my grandmother's. So my grandmother raised my dad in Greenpoint, Ooh. and she was born in Greenpoint. So her mother was an Irish immigrant. My great grandmother, and then my grandmother was born in Greenpoint on Newell Street, and then she grew up, and then she ended up meeting a, her husband, and they bought, a, they rented the house on Leonard Street, and then the guy okay. who owned the house eventually said, I want to sell it to you know you and your husband. So my grandma and grandpa had bought the home. Um, Sadly, he passed away when my dad was 15. So then my grandmother became like this really strong single mom of three kids and, you know, held down like a job, the kids, um, owned the house, you know, paid off the whole mortgage. And she, she is always like my, you know, she's, my middle name is Winifred and named after her. She's, she's really special to me. So I have two children and I had them both during college and one that after my sophomore year and then one at the end of my graduation. And I'm a single mom. The guys in me did not work out. And so um, I became a teacher. My master's degree, I, I went into teaching. And then after two years, like my kids got a little older. They were both ready to be into school. My grandmother sadly passed away. And the house then was being, um, you know, like handled by my aunt and uncle. And they took the third floor and they said, you know, if you want to move in, you can come to Brooklyn. And we were like, yeah, let's go. So I was working in Bed-Stuy and it was perfect. So my kids would go to school. They had after school programs at the YMCA in McCarran Park. And it was cool because I'm like, wow, I always loved Greenpoint. Like growing up, it was kind of not like this. It's gotten, I don't want to say better, but it's... Been More enhanced, I don't know, in some way, like even just the pool being redone, having a pool that's accessible. But when my kids were little, I would come and visit my grandma and we'd go to the crazy pool parties where like people were jamming, and, like playing music in the oh, empty pool. Cool. So Greenpoint always had like this really cool energy and vibe. Like when I would go to Proud, I'd say to my friends, Come on, let's go to Greenpoint and hang out. And they're like, Greenpoint, And at that time, it was like Polish bars, yeah, and, yeah it was a little different. And now it's like, you know, everybody and anybody, they want to build a cafe in this place. Like, I don't even know. It's like. Really? Yeah. They're going to build a cafe around the Red House, apparently. Oh, wow. And then I got into softball because, like I said, I was an athlete. And uh, so, yeah, I love McCarran Park. And when I was a little kid, I would come to McCarran Park and feed the birds with my grandma. And it wasn't as nice. It was more like mats on the ground and. Kind of like drunk Polish people on the perimeter. (laughs) Yeah, but that's kind of cool. And a lot more pigeons because there actually weren't hawks. Now that there's hawks, the park is way cleaner because less pigeons. And yeah, the people vibe here and like the kickball league was insane. The kickball league was actually looked way more fun than the softball league. But I wanted to play softball, so I started playing softball. And uh, now I'm like, you know, most of my Sunday from like 9 a.m. till 5 o'clock is at the softball field. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just love this park. I love being outside. I love the trees, love the energy. It's great, right? So like, let's say COVID wasn't here. Like I heard you, you mentioned
0: sort of like where the bus could be one day. Like I know you've had like shows here, right? Like you've had musicians play yeah. and stuff. Would you want that like every weekend or something? Or? Yeah,
1: I, I like the idea of like sharing it as a space or just being like, what would you like to do with my boss? Or allowing other people to do their own things. Like I don't only have to do paint night. What if there's another artist who wants to host their own paint night? Hmm. Honestly, they might know way more people than I do. Uh, my specialty is a little more with children. So I really do well when I'm doing like a birthday party or a tie-dye party with kids. Like they bring my energy up. So I really enjoy and value that and then yeah I love live music I love music in general so having like music in the bus it would be really cozy everyone would kind of sit around along the perimeter and have like some musicians in the back that's awesome so yeah I bought an amp in hopes that like more people would want to come and play but again like COVID hit and it was like ooh, like a lot of those plans kind of paused um but again it's like you know there's sometimes I feel like I'm spread out a little too much doing a few too many different things coaching playing parenting teaching that the bus, like, sometimes it's hard to fully focus on it. But, you know, let's see what happens in 2021. Yeah, I mean, listen,
0: and I I get that. um, But you've taken a step that 99.9% of people don't do. Like, this is the kind of thing that a lot of people would dream about doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you have one life. And sometimes you're given an opportunity and you can, like, go one way you can go the other way. And to me, it's like, why not live your greatest life? Am I living my greatest life? Like, honestly, I love my life. I love my life. I love my kids. I love my family. I love my home. I love this bus. Like, is everything perfect? Like, in my way, it is because, yeah, is the glass broken? Is the mirror down? Is there spray paint on my bus? Yeah. But you know what? It's still here. It's still standing. Like, I, it's like a, you know, someone came over and tagged it like Te Amo in my heart. And it's like, cool, Te Amo. I love you too, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I've had people like write their name in the middle of my heart and like sign their own name. And you're like, cool. Like, you want to be a part of it. And then, you know, I'll, painted over the next day but you know it's just it's it's something that like when people stop like especially kids in a stroller like you just I'll just be in the bus and it's cool because you can see out almost better than people can see in and people like walking down you see like a little two-year-old in a stroller and be like look at that bus like they know they look at it and they're like whoa you know like that's yeah I was wondering if people ever
0: leave messages because what I was initially going to do like when we were here again at the vigils um, my partner's over there in the red hat. Actually, she's like, um, yeah, that's probably someone you'd want to talk to, right? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I think, like, I don't see anyone. Like, maybe I'll just like toss a note through the window or yeah, something. Yeah, you could
1: absolutely. And like, honestly, when Starhawk and I were side by side and operating, like, again, COVID affected like him being out and um, you know us working together as much as we had been last year, but he would be outside of the bus by Turkey's Nest and he would have the door open and people would come in. That's cool. And so they would come in, and you know it was like a little less messy and a little more. Um, it looked a little more profesh. But I would have all my art hanging. He's he's helped facilitate me selling many paintings. Like people would come in, they say how much for that, how much for that. So you know he would let people in, and so I have like little notes behind you, little. Oh, post-its. that's awesome. And there used to be more, but you know like over time they kind of drop. Uh, but you know people would come in and they would. Just like write notes. I'd have markers out, like please leave a note. Sometimes I'd leave cookies, like help yourself have a cookie. Like, That's you so know, cool. just make it a space where people come in and be like, oh, okay. Because like the outside and the inside don't really, you don't really know what's going on in here. Yeah. Like you kind of <laughs> walk by and be like, oh, I, I see some art items. I see things like in the back, you see there's things propped up. But when you come in, you're like, oh, it's a space. Yeah. I I was, I was going to say
0: like, oh, it'd be cool if you had like a guest book, but that, I mean, that
1: serves its purpose there. Yeah. We did have one when, when we were more like side by side working. Cause then it would be like, I could freely go coach soccer and then come back and hang out with Starhawk by the bus. Or I would go play softball and then I would come back and hang out by the bus. Yeah. But right now again with like COVID and like he's, you know, he's occupied being a dad as well. He's a single dad and you know, it's just sometimes we're all just, we have to take life the way life comes. So hopefully in the future we'll get like back to that corner or whatever. Yeah. I mean, now, now the bars need that space. Like that's the Turkey's Nest built this whole outdoor space where the bus was. So And now I I didn't really like get stuck there permanently or something.
0: I feel like all that stuff's about to to end again too, which is crazy.
1: I know. I feel like why you make all these restaurants, build all these outdoor spaces. And then now, Oh, everyone go home at 10 o'clock. And on top of that, mm, we're going to close it all down again. It's like, I don't know. It's been rough. I feel for the city.
0: I definitely feel more of a sense of community than I've felt though. Like, because there's, there is a huge push for people to support the the businesses that are in the places that that they live and they go to and they want to be around. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've said, like, I have a lot of cooks and stuff like that on. And it's like, we could end up after COVID, like only having freaking like Target in Applebee's and
1: shit like that. And <laughs> so. honestly, sometimes you wonder, is that what they want? Because... Yeah. Sometimes you have to wonder, like, how is this? How is this? Why didn't the city give building materials freely to these businesses? Like, why did they have to go out of their way and spend $1,000 out of their pocket just to buy the materials and assemble it? You know, it's just...
0: I mean, I, I don't know. I, I won't just, I won't go too far down yeah. the rabbit
1: hole, but, like,
0: I, like, on that point, we got a parking ticket the other day. Because, like, we have... It's four days on our block, so, like, every single day the you hole. have to move it. And... You know, it's like sixty five bucks and yeah, I was just it thinking. used
1: to be forty five and now it's sixty five.
0: Yeah, right. That's the other thing. It's and like, and how many of those there's probably a couple thousand a day that they get.
1: Yes. And that is so much money. Like I what know. are we doing with that money? What are we doing with that money? And that's the other thing is who are you taking the money from? You're taking the money from the citizens who live here. Right. And that's really not right. It's like if you have the money and you can afford it and you have one of these fancy places and you can park your car inside this big giant building, then you're fine. Yeah. But if you don't and you're a middle class person, you're a teacher. I, I mean, even as a teacher, I work in the Bronx now and I'm really happy where I am. Thank God. Like I found a great school that's art centered. It's called um, Bronx Charter School for the Arts. It's a middle school and it was a new school. I went in in like the middle of their first year, their art teacher had quit in the beginning and then I was just hanging out with my bus and doing nursery stuff and I was like, uh, I need to go back into the, into school. So I started commuting there and they weren't able to provide us with parking passes because they're a charter school. Yeah, And so I would try to like get there early and we would have to park in a parking lot like five blocks down and walk. Otherwise, we'd have to try and sneak out on our prep times to move your car. And it's like, I pay a toll to go teach in the Bronx. I'd get charged tickets. I'm like, why am I losing money to, <laughs> yeah. to the people of this, of this city? And on top of it, in like the poorest congressional district and you're telling me, like, I have to go there and I have to, you know, lose money for this. So I that, don't know. It's it's the city can get to you. And it was that was one of the benefits of COVID because, like, the alternate side stopped. Yeah. And the community did pick up and people had to kind of start coming out. And they had to, uh, I mean, sadly, through too many lives lost through police brutality, like, people kind of started to wake up. And be like, are you kidding me? This is really happening? Like, yeah, this is really happening. This has been really happening for a really long time in our nation. Yeah. And people started coming to the park and, you know, Black Lives Matter began. And just the turnout for that in this community, honestly, like people can criticize it. But to me, it's like a lot better than what I've seen in other communities. So it was, you know, it was good to see people come back out, like despite COVID, to stand up for something that they believe, you know. Have you, changed, so.
0: have you brought the bus to work to have the your
1: students check it out? Um, that's a good question. I am actually going to have to go in about two minutes. Yeah, it's but, okay. Um, I wanted to bring it over to the Bronx, and it, it didn't really get done last year. We had hopes to do it in the spring, and then COVID hit. Uh, but I've shown them videos, and I've shown them pictures, and like the kids are really into the idea of it. Um, so no, I've had students that I've worked with in the past, like come visit the bus, but have I brought it to that school yet? No. Like I, I really do hope I will, but not yet. I could see them thinking that this is really wild. Yeah. Well, they, they know I'm a little, they're like, oh, I have a crazy art teacher, but you know, it's a good crazy. It's like an inspiring crazy. Like let's, why, why not try, you know, to, to have art be accessible and to like think outside of the box in a box. So. Well, I'll I'll link to your
0: Instagram. Is there anywhere else that people can, can follow along or find out? No, where the-
1: mostly like through Instagram. Cool. I did used to have a website, but again, like after um, after like trying thinking about renewing it this past year, I was like, you know what, let me just pause. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But you know, if you ever want to find me, I'm at McCarran Park a lot, and you know, I'm happy to meet with anyone, talk with anyone, and hopefully in like the future collaborate again and do more. Awesome, do more.
0: Yeah, well, cheers. Thank you, and thanks for uh, having me on the bus. This is really
1: cool. Tim, it was a pleasure to meet you. Cool.
0: All right, cool. Bye. That is a wrap on episode number 193 of the Voyages of Tim Vedder podcast. If you're ever in Brooklyn and you want to check out the Art Art Bus, head over to McCarran Park. And anytime I've been there, it's been around there. Uh, Or you can go to the Instagram account that is linked in the show notes for this episode and you can reach out to Moira that way shoot her a message if you want to do an artist meetup or you know just learn more about it and talk to her she's open to it so do that check out my Patreon as well if you're able to support there's some cool kickbacks if not got a few more book this week and those will be pretty cool so voyagers thank you as always and please 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 Take care of each other. I will catch you very soon.